Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. The Iowa caucus allegedly held uh, on Monday. It's Wednesday. We're still not 100% sure who won. We They're, they're still counting the caucus votes. And there's only like 5,000 people for God's sake. I don't even know. Iowa's not that big. No. Um, but... With the 70-some-odd percent of the vote in, we do have a, I would, I think it's a surprising leader, right? Because I was told Bernie Sanders is is a front-runner, Joe Biden is a front-runner, Elizabeth Warren is a front-runner. So how is Mayor Pete winning? Why do you say Mayor Pete? Because his last name looks like an eye chart. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. I'm Pete Buttigieg. 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 Okay. Anyway, well, I, I, we're going to have more. We're going to have plenty of time to figure this one out. Uh, yeah. It was a bit of a sur- surprise to me, too, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, he right now seems to be the one who has won Iowa. But what does that really mean? Typically, you want to win Iowa. You want to come out of the gate strong. You want to get this bump going into New Hampshire. And none of that happened. None of that's going to happen. Right. He's getting more name rec- recognition now. I think people are starting to learn maybe a little bit more about who he is. Who beyond, is this guy? I mean, I think most most and I I'm talking to the KTAR audience here, so they're a little bit more plugged in than your average Joe. But most people listening right now know that he's a mayor, right? Mayor Pete and South Bend, you know, Indiana. And you probably know that he's gay. Those are the things that people know about him. You dive a little deeper, you find out that he is a vet. He's a veteran. Uh, Navy lieutenant. He Sir, served overseas. Graduated from Harvard. He graduated yeah. from Oxford. He's Both? a Rhodes Scholar. Oh my God! He, he's he's an intelligent kind of guy. Pretty smart. And he he's also very young. A, we found this out because you asked me, and I'm like late 30s, early 40s. I guess 23. I said late 30s, early you were 40s. Good. You were good. you could go. You know what? At the circus or the fair, you'd be good at guessing people's ages. I'm just not guessing weights. No, I think I don't know how to, much he weighs, yeah. but he is 38. <laughs> He's years young. old. He's young. And, and so I Not find dog that, years. Actual 38. But I find that interesting. So so he apparently, it looks like right now, from what we can tell, won Iowa. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? Does it really matter? Is he really going to get anything out of that? Because Sanders is probably going to take New Hampshire. I mean, that's just kind of the way that one's going. And um, he's a young guy. Yes. He's a white guy. He's a white guy. Yeah. Iowa's only one state. Okay. It's a Midwestern state, as is he. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know. I'm not ready to, to, to say, hey, you know, Mayor Pete is going to be the next Democratic nominee. I, I just don't buy it. Not yet. I can be convinced. Uh-huh. But uh, too soon. There's a lot of time left. Too soon. No argument. No argument. But the, the problem is, I say the problem. The thing is that when somebody who isn't supposed to win or isn't supposed to do well does well that's the story and if someone who is supposed to do well does it that's the story that's the other story though right so yeah. pete mayor pete winning as of right now uh, or at least overperforming is the story but is maybe the bigger story vice president biden yeah um Underperforming by oh, a lot. You say under ten. Okay, oh, I'm underperforming. Being nice. No, he like he tanked. He tanked. He is a guy that had an edge in Iowa. You know what that edge was? I do not know. That. He wasn't having to sit in an impeachment trial. 
you had Sanders and Warren. I mean, like you had folks, some of the front runners, so to speak, that were off the campaign trail. Yeah. And you couldn't win. You got a 38-year-old guy who is the mayor of a small town in Indiana who kicked your butt. Oops. And, and, and you're supposed to be the front runner here. I, I think that this is this is a critical time for Vice President Biden. What he does next is really going to matter. And I don't know what that can be. Hmm. No, I, I listen, I think there is a solid argument behind this because I hmm. if you're just watching this from afar, which I think you and I are. We're not voting in a Democratic no. primary. I don't even, whatever it is in Arizona, it's, it's irrelevant. When you guys get down to one, let me know. But the things that I knew about the D's apparently aren't all the things I knew about the D's. And can I tell you that? that what do you I, mean? Well, here's something that I think. Let me, let me say this to you. Is Bernie Sanders the 2020 version of Donald Trump? Here's why I say that. Bernie is... He's not a Democrat. He was an independent, even. He ran on as a senator, as an I. Okay? So he has thrown himself in with the D's because it's close enough. Right? He's got to be one or the other. He's not going to be an R. Um, he apparently is not the favorite of, call it the establishment. You know, the, the dyed-in-the-wool D's. That he has some new people. That have come around the Bernie bros, right? That he he's he's appealing to a different group who maybe never looked at the D's before. And is he doing to the Democrats what Trump did to the Republicans, which was make it the party of Trump? Is Bernie going to make the D's the party of Bernie? I think if you're going to judge it by those metrics, you also have to take a look at Bloomberg. Because Bloomberg is putting a D on his chest because he can't run as an I. Yeah, yeah he was always okay. politically as an I, right? Um, right? You, you talked about not the favorite of the establishment. Well, for that very reason, he's not necessarily the flavor of the establishment. I, I think that... Like, I don't think you can look past money either. Oh, well, yeah, that's going to be a problem on the, people, on the Democratic You, you have side. to have yeah. some substance. Don't get me wrong. You have to have some... You know, just being rich isn't enough. But having substance and no money, you're screwed. Right? Having some substance and a lot of money? You got a shot. Yeah, I think what's happening with Bloomberg is is interesting to me. I think he won uh, Monday night. Bloomberg did. And I think Donald Trump won Monday night. I think it's super easy for the president to now look at the debacle that was the the Iowa caucus and say, they can't even run a caucus, for goodness sakes. How are they going to run this country? Okay, It gives gives them fuel. And so I think that he he's going to win in that regard, mm-hmm. and and Bloomberg's doing something interesting. He didn't campaign in Iowa. He's not campaigning in New Hampshire. No, he he's is, skipping all that. Right? He's focusing on Super Tuesday. That's not how politics are done. He's doing it differently. traditionally. Right? He's doing it differently. Where have we heard that? Right. Before I'm not going to play by your rules. I'm going to make up my own. The other aspect about this. Which is how billionaires, by the way, approach everything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, they are consistent. I mean, and, 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 and I know they're probably like, you know, people screaming at the radio right now so you can buy the presidency. Yes. Yeah, that's by the way, the answer is yes. Right now. And, the answer is yes to that. And, and, and he has he's doubled his buy. I mean, he's spending more money than anybody's ever seen in advertising. Well, hasn't he's, he spent more? This is we're talking about Michael Bloomberg. Bloomberg. He spent more than all the other candidates combined. Because he can. Right. Now, is the, is is that right? 
I'm not sitting here telling you it's right. I think it's really hard for a party that claims to be about the working man and the little guy and, and the middle class or whatever, um, you know, is going to be run by billionaires. Like, like the, the, it doesn't seem to match up. Would they rather be run by a billionaire or have Donald Trump for another four years? Or have a former mayor of South No, I, yeah, I mean, right? I, I yeah. realize, yeah, I, I I realize yeah. it's not Bloomberg no, no. versus Donald Trump. I'm just saying by that metric, I that's don't know. what we're looking at. That and, and that, in essence, is going to be the question. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. Okay, one more real quick thing. Yet another one. Be- because I, I think that this is, this is interesting as well. Uh, Bloomberg, with all of his money and all of his ad buys, he, he came out with a new um, a new campaign commercial today. Oh, okay. And he picked, and I wish I had the audio for you, but I just heard it and I thought of it right now. He picked uh, clips from President Obama talking about him when he was the mayor of New York City. Oh. And the way it's put together in this ad, it makes it seem as though President Obama is endorsing and and really likes Like it's literally video of the two of them standing there and, and Obama saying Good things. Glowing things about Michael Bloomberg. What I saw there, because the strategy about all of this is what fascinates me. It didn't happen by accident. Oh, it didn't happen by accident. And it's cutting straight to the heart of Joe Biden. I mean, Biden is the former vice president to Barack Obama. And Barack Obama has been pretty quiet. And so you have Bloomberg that's going, yeah, you know what? I'm going after Biden. He got in the race because Biden was weak. And he is ignoring Mm. Iowa and New Hampshire. I really think Super Tuesday is going to be fascinating. I don't really care who wins. I think it's just going to be fascinating to see how the Bloomberg effect impacts it. Yeah. Uh, A long way to go, though, right? And just can you, (laughs) you couldn't imagine what would happen this week, last week. So don't tell me you know what's going to happen in March. Haven't the foggiest clue, man. Right? There's just no idea. What, 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 I put it this way. What wouldn't you think could happen? Because that's like at this point, Martian invasion is not off the table. Give it a week. Yeah, give it give it a week. The, give it a the week. Mar- I think the Martians are eyeballing yeah. us right now. I'm gonna tell you, uh, why why are you skipping doctor visits? Why are you avoiding going to the doctor, even if you have insurance? More and more of you are. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So you've you've got insurance. You got the car. You're paying for insurance, medical, health insurance. So why don't you go to the doctor? Why are you skipping doctor visits? We ask because, according to some new data out there, over 40% of you didn't go to the doctor last year when you were sick or hurt in some way, shape, or form, even though you had insurance. Why are you avoiding the doctor? Well, I think that a lot of folks are avoiding the doctor because, one, a lot of folks have high deductible plans to begin with. Oh, okay. So they're going to be paying out of pocket until they meet a certain threshold. And they don't want to reach the threshold because that's still going to be thousands of dollars out of their pocket. So they don't go. I also think that there's fear. You know, they're not going to go for these preventive, preventative uh, you know, exams, you know, oh, come on in and, you know, do your, your checkup, you know, your, your annual physical. You know, I don't do those for a good reason. You know why? What? I don't want to give them the chance to go find something wrong. 
you, know, you say that in jest. I know you're kind of smiling at me when you I'm say like, that. I'm like, don't go poking around looking for something wrong. But there's a genuine fear that they find something wrong and now you got to go to a specialist and this, that, and the other. Yeah, I, I wanted to come as a police <laughs> But if it is a complete surprise, a lot of times, uh, that that's not a good place My to be. My arm just fell off. <laughs> Good night, Irene. Well, it was giving me uh, a little bit of a table. problem, but yeah, I moved on. You got another one. Um, I got two. <laughs> what, what? Hello. I'm an optimist. So, but but preventative is what also can you know prevent diseases and illnesses from getting worse and can cost you less in the, the long run. But that's really hard for people to wrap their heads around in the short term. They're looking long term here. And, and long term, they're like, you know what? Ah, I just don't have the money. I think a lot of people also, the, 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 the strategy that a lot of doctors have, and I got this email from Christine. Oh, what'd she have to say? She said that um, uh, she went to an urgent care. Yeah. Right? Um, she spent 12 hours in the ER because she wasn't feeling well. They gave her an EKG, a variety yeah. of things. They later let her go, again, after 12 hours, saying that she had acid reflux. But that they had done all these tests. She goes, I also was given an unnecessary EKG once. Uh, she goes, I had pain from a pinched nerve and they gave me an EKG. She goes, I didn't have any heart symptoms. And, and that's that's the thing. I don't know if you've ever been to the doctor, Bruce, where they're like, you know what? It could be this or it could be this. Just to err on the side of caution, we're going to send you over here to get this, this is tested. This I don't go. And, and you're like. I want it to be a surprise. And, and I've actually <laughs> asked doctors. I'm like, OK, yeah. I get I get what you're doing here. You're, this is out of an abundance of caution. Defensive medicine. Is I've heard this it necessary? And literally, we get into this debate of like, well, what's necessary and what's not? Could you find something? Yeah. To me, it comes out, what is the likelihood? You know, on a scale here, how concerned are you? If I was your daughter, would you send me? I've actually asked doctors that. If I was your daughter, if I was your wife, would you recommend me getting this test? Hmm. Because I think that like you get you have them be human at that point in time instead of just covering their butts yeah I, like you and, and here's another way to put it for those of us that deal in the extremes is this required to sustain life no okay good then we're moving on i literally had a doctor once tell me he wanted to put me on a prescription and in in, in the time from when the physician's assistant came in and go oh, yep you're a good candidate for this i didn't i didn't know what the drug did no well I'll, we'll wait for the doctor to come in so okay. she left and i'm on my phone googling what is this Google and it. i started learning about it and i'm like no nah, i don't want to be on that Doctor comes in, oh, yep, you're a good candidate for this. I'm like, do I need to take that? Well, what do you mean do you need to take it? This is this is how we treat your symptoms. I'm what? like, yeah, but you're not fixing the problem. You're just treating the symptoms. Covering it up. And he's like, well, you know, but this is what we do. I'm like, do we need to do that? He's like, I'm going to give you the prescription. I'm like, if I don't fill it, and we're going back and forth. I'm like, doc, let me put it to you this way. Am I going to die there you go. if I don't take this? That's the question. And you're not I... going to die, but I think, okay, we're good. All right. Moving on. Yeah. I think a lot of people fall into those categories. It's frustrating. Now. It's well, genuinely frustrating. The, the way healthcare, it, let's call it, it's not in this medicine, the way healthcare is delivered is going to have to change because people are telling you they're voting with their pocketbooks and they're voting with their feet. They don't like it. Yeah, and, but there are situations where you have to put up with it. You know, if your kid's sick and you need a specialist and they say they're going to call you back, they better call you back. Uh-oh. Or if you call and you leave them a message and on their machine they say, uh, only leave us one message and we will return your call. Well, then you better return the one message I left you or I'm leaving more. Oh. And, and then the next message is, call me back because I'm going to transfer my records to a doctor who actually cares about me. 
And I think just the way that people are treated in healthcare nowadays is just what's so frustrating. They're like, unless unless it is necessary, unless this is something that is of Required genuine concern, <laughs> then I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, uh, the the phrase is, I refuse medical attention. Thank you. I but you had to learn track. that the hard way. I learned it at the racetrack, too, because, you know, we were in tra- I refuse medical attention. I am conscious. I'm sane. I'm aware of my surroundings, and I refuse medical attention. You learned that the hard way. Yeah. I learned, because of some of the experiences I've had, to question doctors. I never used to question doctors. You get a $9,000 the bill. They were the expert. You take their words for it. Now I question six ways from Sunday. Mm-hmm. We both learned it the hard way. And we both have Dr. Simpson on our speed dial. So when they tell us something, we call Dr. Simpson. He goes, this, what do you think? You have no idea. What do you think? Should that man that? has helped me so many times. Right. Should I tell him to go pound sand? Okay. Pound sand. Thank you. Uh, coronavirus. Hey, by the way, that's still a thing. We have the latest, including apparently coronavirus. It's like a man of the sea because it keeps showing up on ships. Talking about it next. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. The coronavirus. We are we are learning. We are learning some new things about it. And I'm going to take this as a positive. I'm looking for the silver linings, Pamela. Please. I like it. We have uh, medical staff researchers in Germany where they have a confirmed case. And you might remember we were saying earlier that Germany was a case where the person who contracted it had not been to China. And this was this that they must have gotten it from someone who was asymptomatic, wasn't showing any symptoms. They now went back and looked at it and they said the idea that the coronavirus is transmittable before symptoms appear may be wrong. The problem being that the person who transmitted the virus to this German guy was actually showing symptoms, just didn't realize it was the coronavirus, thought they were jet-lagged from the flight, thought they just had some aching muscles, and didn't realize they were showing coronavirus flu-like symptoms. I don't know if I should take any good out of that. Well, I, you could take something out of it. I'm not going to paint it with such a broad brush. I think we're, I think we're continuing to learn new things, and I think that is an example of it. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to learn about what's going on with coronavirus and and where this ends is anybody's guess at this point in time. We know that uh, more and more Americans that have been trapped, yeah, I would call it trapped, in Wuhan are being, what, uh, rescued? Is that what we're going to call it? Because the United States has now accepted four new planes carrying Americans that were evacuated. Okay. Now, these these four planes have Americans that are going to be quarantined at four different military bases. One in Nebraska, you got some in California, one in Texas. And what we're seeing is this isn't going to end anytime soon. This is going to get much worse before it gets better. And this could be the beginning of, of a long response. Well, also, if I understand right now that if you are showing no symptoms and you've possibly been exposed, that the, is it called the incubation period? What do mm-hmm. we call it? 14 day, two weeks is how long you need to be quarantined. And the reason we know that is because there's not one, Pamela. There are two cruise ships right now with confirmed coronavirus cases on board. And because people on board have the coronavirus, everybody on this ship 
stays on board. In Hong Kong, a cruise ship with 1,800 passengers is now quarantined after 30 crew members came down with symptoms. And in Japan, another cruise ship is under quarantine as 10 people tested positive. A couple of interesting things there. One, you've got 30 crew members on the Hong Kong uh, cruise ship that that they believe, you know, have coronavirus. Have you ever been on a cruise ship? I have not. And this is not convincing me to do it. Oh, I would. I'd go in a heartbeat. You got a cruise for me? I'm there tomorrow. But the people that work on cruise ships, it's like the you know United Nations. They're from all over, all over the, okay, the fair world. Enough. Yeah. So when we're talking about you know the cruise ship in Italy that was quarantined for a while, you have the one in Hong Kong, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have the one in, in Japan. Sure. The, I don't, and I'm not trying to be alarmist. No. I'm just trying to be a, a realist here. That is, uh, you know, that's in Europe. That's that's in in Asia. Those, those that's far away from far where away. we are. I can't find but it because that. of the international nature, I guess you could say, uh, of cruising, it wouldn't surprise me if a cruise ship closer to home would have a case. And and if it's the crew members who contract it from. A passenger. You see what I'm saying? Like well, this, the, the, this game of home. telephone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then they, they end up wherever the next port of call, they go home, and you can start transporting this thing around the world. So right now, the, the one in Japan, there's, there's 3,000 people on board, or more than 3,000 people on this, this boat. Princess Chris, and they are locked on the boat for 14 days. Yeah, they don't want them off the boat and potentially go and infect other people. I, I get it. You're, we're taking we're taking unprecedented measures with this illness, this disease right now, and you know, I, I'm still not an alarmist over it. My sister is battling the flu right now, All right. and that's pretty much for the most part what people are going to battle with coronavirus. It, it is like the flu. Mm-hmm. It is not a death sentence. Are a lot of people going to get sick? Yes. Are a lot of people going to die? Potentially. We've seen certainly more China related, but yeah. When we talk about in relation to the flu, again, you had over 60,000 people in the United States die one year over the flu. And you didn't see too many headlines about that. We weren't quarantining boats. Right. But I will tell you about the numbers because they are jumping. And we have seen cases surge in the last 24 hours. World Health Organization says that they have 3,100 new confirmed cases in China alone. So so we're looking right now at over 24,000 cases and about 490 deaths. And when we talk about 24,000 cases, those are confirmed cases. Those are people who have been sick enough to go to the hospital and get treatment. These are not the the individuals who are staying at home, self-quarantine, you know, quarantine, whatever. They're staying at home yeah. and they have, you know, a fever, but they haven't gone to the hospital. Those folks aren't being counted. So the fatality rate of this right now is is, is still low. Well, you know, we just more ha- people are infected. We just had we a know. discussion about people that don't go to, to go to doctors and people that don't go to the hospital. And and how do you know that you're at that level of seriousness if you just have some aches and you're like, eh, I feel a little uh, maybe it's the weather changing. You know what I'm saying? Like how many people are that self-aware? Count me as one that isn't. All right. You know, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Oh, well, just keep going. You know, or you I got a bit of a sniffle or a cough. Take some quill and move on. Out of the roughly, well, 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 I'll be specific for you here because I think that it matters. 24,363 cases, okay, mm-hmm. in China. We have just 191 cases outside of mainland China. And so 
there's a lot of media attention and and some rightfully so and some is quite alarmist kind of attitude towards it. And so you, you've got to be careful with where you're getting in for your information and, and reading below the headlines and just understanding what's going on. Is this going to get worse? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. We do know now, though, that um, they're working on a coronavirus drug. Okay. okay. And with that... You have seen, you know, um, progress on the markets uh, that, that can, are like can we, can it's we, impacting so much. It's the price of oil, yes. trade, global trade, etc. Travel, obviously, with flights canceled, people not allowed in and out of certain places. And then don't forget, you also have the drones. Oh, drones, the drones flying around neighborhoods in China, telling people to go home, telling them to put their mask on. What are you doing out? That's a little creepy, creepy. isn't it? Yelling at an old Chinese woman to go get a mask and go home. She was looking at this drone like, what is this thing? Who are you to yell at me? I'm a grandmother, for God's sakes. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Bam! Might be one of the reasons why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Pamela says she can do that. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Oh, yeah. The State of the Union address last night where very few of you can actually remember anything that was said. But I bet you there's a bunch of images, a bunch of uh, uh, little highlight reels that run in your head uh, that you remember from it. It's viral moments. Literally. It was like the the halftime of a football game. What the State of the Union became last night was a viral video. A reality show. and, And I'm not mad at it. The reason I'm not mad at it is you knew what you were going to get. Absolutely. This is President Trump. He touts himself as a wonderful businessman. He sucks as a businessman. Right. He's he's one heck of a showman, though. That I will give him credit for. Yeah, and that's what it was last night. was a produced television show. Exactly what it was last night. Complete with a uh, soldier coming back and seeing the family. Epic moment. Uh, I um, cry at those videos all the time. I get it. Again, halftime of an NFL game. Uh-huh. I think they do them at every single one of them. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but uh, you also had it start with what appeared to be a bit of a snub. Uh, uh, Trump hands Pelosi a copy of the speech, which I guess is uh, what Customary. you do. She reaches her hand out to shake his hand. He spins and turns away and leaves her standing there with her hand out. Uh, and, and she kind of pulls her clapping. hand back and goes, okay. And then at the like, end. This is how we're going to play? Yeah. Okay. At the end of it, uh, uh, everyone stands up at the end. Some are clapping. Some aren't. And she proceeds to take the speech that he handed her at the beginning and starts tearing pages in half. Yeah. They're both childish. And again, the Rorschach test that we run this through. And by the way, Twitter and Facebook are undefeated because I knew exactly where this was going. I Mm -hmm. I tweeted it the minute it happened and said, so which State of the Union address did you watch? The one where he didn't shake her hand or the one where she ripped up the speech? Mm -hmm. Because there are the camps. You know, there you go retreating to the corner. And that's how you saw everything that happened through that lens. It is predictable and boring. It's basic. Yeah. It's so oh, basic. you called them basic. It's basic. Oh. But it, it's it's sad that this is what we've now grown to expect. Absolutely. This nothing surprised me. I mean, no. like, like, let's go back. What are you in your Wayback Machine? What is it? Okay. Could, could you imagine this have happening with 
Clinton when he was going through. Yeah, I don't even know who the Speaker of the House was at that point in time. Wow, it's, it's, good question. You know, I don't know. That kind of stuff. I cram so much into this brain on a daily basis. Yeah. I can't remember those That's types of Google things off the top of my head. But what I'm just simply offering you is could you imagine a, a president of one party refusing to shake the hand of the Speaker of the House who is of another party? It's unprecedented times. But the time, the fact that I keep using the word unprecedented has become so basic. Newt Gingrich was the Speaker of the House when Bill Clinton was. I Googled it. Well, there's that then. Wow. Yeah. That is newt. the way back machine. <laughs> I'll turn you into a newt. <laughs> and then a newt. Who names their kid newt? That's a whole nother thing. Mr. Gingridge you, and Mrs. Gingridge. How much do you hate them to name them newt? So, uh, yeah, the State of the Union address was uh, 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 childish. It was, it, it it was, was a viral petty. video moment. And that's what, it, uh, and I don't think that is anything by accident on anyone's part whether you stood up whether you sat down what you wore if you, you clap and fight, fight, up, fight 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 whatever it was it was all part of what was the message you were trying to send to your partisan base and guess what they all did it and they all managed to send whatever that message was it might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to heck in a handbasket pamela Says she restore your faith in humanity. All right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take you to Florida where these compassionate firefighters really being hailed for going above and beyond, Bruce. Uh, they were called to duty to help a family in need that was having a medical emergency. And a, a few of them showed up. They rushed to the rescue of this family of four. They were in a minivan that had run out of gas while they were driving to the hospital. Now, one of the family members had some sort of medical emergency that was going on. So the paramedics treated that person and then took them to the hospital. But it left the rest of the family stranded on the side of the road with a quickly deflating tire, an empty gas tank and no money to fill up. Yes, at that point in time, these firefighters took it upon themselves. They pushed the minivan a quarter of a mile to the nearest gas station. And not only that, they paid to fill up the family's gas tank and fix the leaky tire. And if that doesn't exemplify serving your community, man, I don't know what does. That is above and beyond. And then some. And and then you went even farther. Well past where the buses run. Not basic. Not basic. Not basic. Hashtag not basic. Thank you, Pamela. Restoring faith in humanity. We look through the double-pane bulletproof glass. We've got DJ Tommy Two-Tone, super producer Stevie Z, and Bob McClay.